We're going to jump in today because I have so much I want, to, I want to share with us today for part four of our series, Build Your Church. We're going to go to our theme verse today, which is in Matthew 16. If you, uh, if you got your notes or your app or whatever, you can look on the screen as well. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 16. This is our theme verse for this whole series, and it's Jesus. And we're actually going to kind of dive into this verse a little bit more today in just a little bit uh, longer in the, in the message. But today I want us to start here where he says this. Now I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, everybody say these white words with me. I will, I'm gonna build my church, I'm gonna build my church in the, and the power of hell will not conquer it. We're gonna share more of that in the, in the coming weeks, what that really means for us. But I will build my church. Now let me, by a show of hands in here, how many have heard someone say this or maybe you have said this yourself but you've heard it where people say this, I don't have to go to church because I am the church. How many of you have heard someone say that? Come on, anybody in there? I don't have to go to church because I am the church. That is a half truth. That is a half truth, okay? It is true that, that we are the church, um, but I believe that it's also very important that we, we go to church. And uh, usually what ends up happening is, is we force a lot of dichotomies. We, we try to pit things against each other. But if you look all throughout scripture, there are things that look like they're opposites, but they're actually together. Let me, let me prove it to you. So uh, have you ever heard that Jesus is the lion of Judah. How many have heard that before? Jesus is the lion of Judah. He is like the strength of God. If you see all throughout the Old Testament, you see a lot about the, the tribe of Judah and it talks about how Jesus is that. Jesus is the lion. He is the roaring lion. He's coming with power. He's coming with force. Okay, we believe all that. How many know the Bible also says Jesus is the lamb that was slaughtered for the world? How many believe that to be true? So Jesus is the one who gave his life for us, who shed his blood for us. So yes, Jesus is the lion. He's strong on our behalf, but he's also the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world for the remissions of our sins. All right. We also know that in scripture that Jesus is the son of God. How many believe Jesus is the son of God? If you don't, we got to, that's a bigger issue we got to deal with. Okay. All right, there's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Son of God. He is fully God. And Jesus is the Son of Man. Jesus came from a virgin named Mary. He came from a woman. He was delivered from a woman. He had parents. He, the Bible says he grew in stature and in wisdom like you and I. He went to school, everybody. Tell your kids that. Jesus went to school, okay? Jesus went to school, all right? So... Jesus is fully God, yes, and Jesus is fully man, yes. They're not either or, they are both and. All right, so what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Well, we are the church. How many believe that to be true? Yes. All right, ready? And we go to church. We are the church, yes, but yes, we also go to church. You go, well, I don't really have to go to church. If you say you don't have to go to church, you're better than Jesus. Because Jesus himself, if you go and you look in the book of Luke, was accustomed to going to church himself. 
So there is something that is within us that says, yes, we are the church, and actually in the coming weeks, we're going to even unpack that even more. What does it mean for us to be the church? But today, I want to kind of come to this other side and say, why is it so important that you go to church? What is it about this, this gathering, whether it's online or in person, what is it about this place and this, this gathering of people that is so powerful? Now, this verse that we read that says, I will build my church, that word church is in the Greek, ekklesia, ekklesia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the screen for you so you can see it. And this is what ekklesia means. Ekklesia means called out ones, and an assembly of God's people, all right? Called out ones and an assembly of God's people. It's not an either or, it's a both and, all right? We are called out ones, we are the church, but we also go to Church, we are the assembly of God's people. So it's a, it's a both. All right, so what I wanna do in this message, I kinda wanna divide it right down the middle. I want us to look first off about this idea of being called out one. So I got three thoughts today. If you got some notes, I want you to write these things down with me. And that is number one, is that God chose you. God chose you. He chose you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one says it this way. Even before he made the world, watch this. God, all right, nine, y'all gonna have to help me here. Okay, there's a bunch of us in here. Here we go. God and in Christ to be and in his eyes. Okay, before the existence of the world, God loved you. God chose you. God called you to be his own. He chose you. How, have, have y'all ever been at a place, whether it's at a restaurant or at a mall or at a store? Okay, let me, let me talk to the guys here for a moment. Any guys that's been in here and a woman walks in and she is a beautiful woman and she walks in and then around her arm is this guy and you're like, he, he's like, he's a bit of a chump. You ever seen that? And you're like, how did he get her? Y'all ever had that? Like, you're like, he's got to have money. He's got to have money. He's got to. He's got to. There ain't no way. That ain't no way that's happening right there. Y'all ever seen that happen before? Okay. You're like, there's just, mm-mm, mm-mm. Either he prays a lot or something, something's not right here because that, those two just don't, don't really match up. Hey, ready? Watch this. I think when the world looks at the church and then looks at Jesus, they go, I don't know how that happens. Because I look at the church and I'm like, mm. and then I look at God and I'm like, wow, what, what's, what's, what's off there? And, and here's what you need to know is that God didn't choose you and I because we were great. God chose you and I because he is great. He chose you. Hey, it's not because he was like, man, I need you on my team. No, he was like, no, no, you need me, and I'm going to choose you because you're one of mine. God loved you, and God chose you. Watch this. Even before eternity began, you, God had you on his mind. Even before the world began, even before there was a past, 
Even before you could perform for him, he chose you. Even before you could have a past that could fail him, he chose you. Even before there was anything in your life that would make you think you would be disqualified for being in God's family, he chose you, he loved you, and he has called you to be into his family today. Come on, that's a good thing to know. Because we think, I've got myself to a place and now God, you have chosen me. And he goes, no, 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 I chose you before you were you. I chose you. Number two, he called you. He called you. God not only chose you, he also called you. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says this. Everybody help me. We're gonna read all this together. It's gonna be a group participation. Nine o'clock, you ready? Here we go. But you are a... A, 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 I love this. Y'all could just preach for me the whole time. Okay. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who into his marvelous lights. All right. Into his marvelous light. And then he goes on and he says this. Once you were, but now you are. I'm going to do that again. Once you were, but now you are. Once you were not. Okay, I, I screwed it up on you. I apologize. My bad. I went into the white. I shouldn't have gone into the white. I apologize. Y'all were like, that's not yours. Okay, so once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, go back to the verse before that real quick for me, Anna. All right? You are chosen. You are royal. You are holy. You are a people for his own possessions. You are called out of darkness. Listen to me very closely. Identity is what the most important people in your life say about you. Identity is what the most important people or person in your life says about you. All right? As we read this scripture here, it, it should be an encouragement to you. But we have had people probably in our lives that have, have given us the insecurities of not enough. I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not, you begin to put in all of the list. I'm not holy enough, I don't win enough, I don't have enough. All of these things that, are, that, that, that feed these insecurities and honestly even feed what is not the truth about our identity. And so our identity at many times feels lacking because I don't have enough. I don't, I don't have the man or the woman. I don't have the money. I don't have the smarts. I don't have the degree. I don't have the friends. I don't have the looks. I don't have the whatever it is that we feel like we don't have. Like if I was to get that, then I would be enough. Then I would be called. Then I would be chosen. And you just need to know that when Jesus speaks of us, he says, you're chosen, you're royal, you're holy. You are people for his possessions and you are called out of darkness. What more do you need to be enough if Jesus says you're enough he says you're enough he says I'm enough is anyone in this house grateful that God has called you out of darkness and brought you into his light anybody here you are called you are called called out called out pulled you out grabbed you out rescued you out this is what God does this is what he did so I, I, I begin today with this because this is so important because before we start moving into other things that God is calling us to, we need to realize what God has called us from. 
what he's called me out of. He has chosen me. He has called me. All right. This is huge. Watch what Ephesians 1 says. Ephesians 1, verse 1. This is a book written to the Ephesus churches. Paul's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. All right, everybody help me here. To the who? Saints. To the sa- that was strong. I like that. <laughs> to the saints who are in Ephesus. To the saints who are in Ephesus. Watch this. This is huge. In the New Testament, the word Christian shows up three times. Three. The word Christian. Three times. Do you want to know how many times the word saints is in the New Testament? Over 60 times. Paul, when he's addressing the churches, doesn't say, oh, you Christians. He says, oh, you saints. Oh, you saints. Now, the word saint means this, holy one. Holy one. All you saints, to the saints who are in Ephesus, the holy ones, to all of my saints. You go in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Thessalonica, and you go into uh, all of all the book, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and you're going to see these words, saints. I, I want to now, now that I'm putting it on your radar, every time you read those books, look for that word now. It is all over those books. Saints, saints, saints. It's because of the saints, the, the help of the saints, the prayers of the saints, the partnerships of the saints. You are the saints. You are the called out saints. This is, you are the saints. Now, imagine because how this would go in the New Testament time is he would pen this letter, he would send it to the churches, and then someone would get up in a corporate gathering much like this, and they would read this letter from Paul, and imagine that they open the letter. <clears throat> Can I get everybody's attention? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to all the saints who are here in Ephesus. Now, I want you to imagine just for a moment Every person in that room that just was called a saint that has not been living like a saint. Be like, he probably talking about you because he didn't see what I did this week. (laughs) And yet your identity is not because of your performance. Your identity is because of who God has called you as his saint. You are a saint. You are a holy one. If you are in Christ, you are holy. If you are in Christ, you are called. If you are in Christ, you are chosen. Just because your life doesn't maybe look like a saint doesn't mean you aren't a saint. You are a saint. And it's very important for you to know this. For every person that is in this room or watching online right now, in Christ, every saint, I mean, every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. In Christ, in Christ, Every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. And some of you are like, I can't be called a saint because, man, you know what I did? Yeah, God knows what you did. And then if you're in this place, you're like, man, I'm just a sinner. You just need to know that you have a future and your future includes God calling you a saint, a holy one. Not because you're holy, but because he's holy. All right? So God has called you. He has called me. He's, he's, he's loved us. He's chosen us. He's called us. Number three, God has joined you. So now he's, he's chosen you. You're on my team. He's called you out of the world. 
Have y'all ever noticed that God will often call you out of the world and in his desire to call you out of the world, then he goes through this process of calling the world out of you? And then guess what he does? After he's now called the world out of you and you've gotten some freedom and you've exposed all the lies of the enemy and you realize that you do have a purpose and you realize that your failures don't define you and you realize that your past is just what it is. It's a past, but you've learned from that past and now God's spirit lives inside of you. Now what do you do? God says, now I'm going to join you into this place and into these people called the church. So I'm going to choose you, I'm going to call you out, I'm going to call it out of you, and then I'm going to call you right back into being a part of the greatest thing he's ever built, which is called the church. Now notice that when Paul in Ephesians 1 said to the saints in Ephesus, notice he did not say to the saint. Did y'all notice that? Of the 60 times he says the word in the New Testament, never does he use the word saint. He always uses the words saints. Because he's speaking not to just a person, he is speaking to a people. So for the people that go, I just got my relationship with God and I don't need the church. Well, you wrong. Because God doesn't just call you a saint. He calls you to the saints. And they go marching in. And when they go marching in. Okay, y'all with me? All right. So watch. Ephesians chapter 2. All right, now we're going to get into the message. That was my, that was my starter. All right. Here we go, Ephesians. Now we were in Ephesians 1, now let's go to Ephesians 2. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the... Oh, look, there it is again. I like it. I like it. I don't know if anybody online could hear that, but it's good. All right. The saints and members of the... Household of God. So notice the language here. Not called out, not chosen, just so I can do my little thing with Jesus. No, 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 no. I've been called out, I've been chosen, so that I could get joined into the saints and the household, the household of God. All right, let's keep going. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, who is Christ Jesus himself, being the what? We're gonna come back to this, we're gonna come back to this. Being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, watch this, this whole thing that God's building is being, there's our word right there, it's being joined together. This whole thing, built on Jesus, joined together, grows into this holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by God, this is so good. God is not 
about building just individuals. He is about building a people. Does he build individuals? Yes, but he does it with people. God is a builder and the whole Trinity right now, and we saw the whole Trinity, by the way, you might not even, you might've missed it, but the whole Trinity was in, in the building process. What is the Trinity building? He's building his church. Well, go, well, doesn't he want to build my life? Yeah, he does. But he does it as he's building his church. He builds you and builds the church at the same time. At the same time. It reminds me of a story of three men that are, that are laying bricks. And a guy walks up to them, doesn't know anything that's going on. He walks up to them and he says, hey, what are y'all doing? And the first guy says, well, I'm laying bricks. And he goes and he sees the other guy and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a wall. Then he goes to the third guy and he says, what are you doing? He says, I am building an amazing cathedral for God's people to come together to worship him and him alone. All of them were right. All of them were building. But one of them had the perspective of really what they were building. Today, I want us to look at what God is building. Because for some of you, you walked into this room and you're like, I'm just going to church. True, you are. Some of you in here are going, I'm, going, I'm coming to church to get fed. True, you are. But then some of you are going, I'm going to church because God has something in me that other people need and it gives God glory for what we do. Are y'all with me? All three right, but three very different perspectives. Very different perspectives. None of them are wrong. They're all right. But each one is experiencing it in a different way. The guy who's just building, laying bricks, he's experiencing it one way. The guy who's just building a wall is experiencing But the guy who's realizing that he is a part of something that is as majestic as it's going to be has a totally different perspective and a totally different motivation. So, with that being said, I want to give us this question. Why it's important you join a local church? Why is it so important that you join a local church, okay? Now, let me just say this right off the gate. I am not trying to get more people to join our church by any means. I want more people to be in the church. I know this, God sets you in family. This is what he does. And so my prayer always when it comes to um, getting people to join a church, and I say this all the time, is I will never call people to join our church. I will always call people to ask God where he wants you to join and then you just do whatever he tells you to do. So if it's here, great. If it's somewhere else, great. I'm just today going to just talk about the church as a whole and how important it is that you're a part of it, wherever that may be. Why it's so important to Jesus and why it's so important to us. So like any great pastor, let me give you three thoughts. Number one, why is it so important you join a local church? Because you become a part of God's plan. You become a part of God's plan. I have three boys, for those that don't know that, and our house is filled with a bunch of these right here. This right here. 
How many of you have kids that have these in your house? How many of you have these sporadically all over your house in all different places and your feet seem to find them? Now, this is one of Josiah's, my oldest son. Yes, he's 16, and yes, he's still in the Legos, and he loves it with all of his heart. And um, my other boys love it as, as well, and so if you go into his room or our other boy's room, you'll see a display of all of these Legos all over the place, all right? And uh, when you buy this, um, first off, you need to take out a loan, um, just letting you know, okay? You take out a loan, and then you can buy these, and then... Um, inside of this comes all of these little pieces, and then on top of all that comes this thing. This thing. This thing. So this is the instruction manual for how to build this right, right here. All right? Now I want you to imagine this for a moment, though. I want you to imagine building this right here Without this and without this. You get to see it for a moment and then you don't have it at all. Go. I mean, no, that might be a little bit of a challenge. There's, there's, you have to follow this to a T. And, and I don't know if you've ever put Legos together with your children. There is nothing worse than being on like step like 10 and you do something, and then you get to like step 35, and then you realize you did something wrong at step 10. If y'all ever been there, I just want to throw it against the wall. I'm like, no. Either that or I'm like, you don't need that part. I guess, well, oh well. Figure it out. If you've ever been there, you know what it's like. Then you got to go back. You got to go back to the manual. What the heck? What did we, oh, it was supposed to be this piece, not this piece. And and my sons are like very like, it's got to be right. Like it's gotta, they, they take that after probably me, but anyways, it's gotta be right. Okay, the reason I bring all that up is, is that the, the way that this correlates with the church is that you and I, when we join God's church, we're a part of the master plan. We've been a part of the master plan. We just read earlier that, that we were chosen, that we were called, and that we were joined to his church but we're gonna to have to get the master plan to find out how this thing works. And the Bible has given us a master plan. Ephesians chapter three, look what Ephesians chapter three says. Ephesians chapter three, I love how the message translation says it. It says, my task, this is Apostle Paul speaking, is to bring out into the open and to make plain what God, watch this, who created all of this in the first place, he was the creator of all this. He, he designed all this, all right? Has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Watch this. Through followers of Jesus, like, like yourselves, who are gathered in churches, this. So what you are a part of right now in this service is a part of the extraordinary plan of God. That as his church is gathered together, as his extraordinary plan is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed by Jesus. 
God the Father is the architect. He has been the architect. There is somebody somewhere, probably in some other country, that thought of this, that designed this, that has created this, that has invented this, that knows what it should look like, that knows every single part that has to be created to make this look the way that it looks. And just like they're doing that for a Lego, how many know God is doing that for his church? God knows what parts need to be in this house. God knows who needs to be here, who needs to be connected to who. God has executed this from the beginning of time before you were ever created. He destined you to be a part of his church because he said at some point you're going to need to be in Jennings at our Savior's church or at this church or at this church and they're going to need this gift that you have and you're going to have this. And God's strategy has always been and will always be to reach a hurting world. He uses his church. That is plan A. There has never been a plan B. There will never be a plan B. Plan A has always been to use his church to do what he's called to do. Let me prove it to you. The last thing that Jesus prays for, the last, before he's about to ascend into heaven, we get this what's called the high priestly prayer. It's found in John chapter 17. Let me show it to you. John 17. This is one of the very last prayers that Jesus prays and look what he prays for. I am praying not only for those, uh, for these disciples, but not only just for the, the, the disciples that he had that were currently with him, but I also pray for all who will ever believe in me. Jesus was praying for you then through their message. And he says, I pray that they will all be one. This is what Dana prayed actually this morning. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that, so that, why? The world will believe you sent me. He, he said, listen, the greatest Gospel, the greatest news that can ever get out, the greatest way you can share the gospel with people is when the church that looks so different comes together, loves one another, supports one another, encourages one another, builds one another, that it's so attractive that people who are hurting and hopeless and, and depressed will look at a church and go, I need what you got. Whatever your marriage is finding there, my marriage needs that. My kids need that. My family needs that. My friends need that. Notice Jesus doesn't pray for the world. Jesus doesn't pray for lost people. Jesus prays for the church. This is why we have started praying for local churches in our service. Because I don't want it to be about us. Like we need to pray. How many know we need to pray for every church that's in this region? We need every one of them to reach this region. Not just our Savior's church, we need every church in this parish and around here to work together, to be united together, to, to dream together, to pray together. The church is God's plan A, and when we come together, we change the world. I'm telling you, and when you connect to God's church, he invites you to be a part of the grand story that he's telling and so like this past week when, when, our, when our Crowley campus got five acres that we will probably never sit in, we celebrate because the church is being built. It is a part of the house of what God is doing. And anytime a church is thriving, God is using them, I celebrate because guess what? That means heaven is expanding, the kingdom of God is going forth, and hell is getting a serve notice that it is not no longer in control here. Amen? 
So when you connect to God's church, hey, by the way, you can't do any of that at home by yourself. You can't. You, you got to be a part of, of, of his church to really experience that. All right, number two. When we connect to God's church, you experience God's power. You experience God's power. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 2. We read it just a little bit ago, but let me, let me read it a little bit more here. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20 says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, here we go, being the cornerstone. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. The cornerstone was the first stone. It was the most important stone. If you got the cornerstone wrong, no other brick you put down would be right. But if you got the cornerstone right, every other brick you put down would be right. The cornerstone made sure that it was level. The cornerstone made sure that, it was, it was the, that the angles are right. The cornerstone was also the, the, the beginning of the foundation that was gonna be built. And listen to me, there ain't nothing sexy about a foundation. Most of us don't even see our foundations. But let a foundation not be right. And everybody notices. And this, this verse is telling us the importance of the foundation and what that does. You go, well, what does that have to do with, with power? How do we experience God's, God's power? Because here's, here's what you need to understand. The quality of a structure is dependent on the foundation it's built on. I will go as far as to say the quality of your life is dependent on what your life is built on. Watch, 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 watch. Storms are coming whether you think they are or not. And what you have built your life on will get tested. And, and you go, well, my, 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 my trust is in Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm built on Jesus. Well, I, I can tell you how you know what your cornerstone and what your foundation is. When things start shaking, when storms start coming, what do you turn to? Do, do, do you turn to, to, to well, I, hey, at least we got money in the savings. Do, do we turn to, well, at least, at least our family, our, we got our family, we got our family, right? We got our, whatever we turn to in the midst of storms shows what we put our trust in. And God is trying to tell us, listen, your house, this house needs to be built on the foundation and the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Any marriage that is not built on Jesus, give it time. Give it time. Any relationships that are not built on Jesus, give it time. Any church that is not built on Jesus. Listen, there are churches who claim to be built on Jesus, but they're actually built on a pastor, not on Jesus. And when the pastor leaves, the church dies, which revealed where their foundation was actually built on. Are y'all with me? Listen, God never builds on a person. He uses people to do it, but he's never, his whole plan has never been contingent on a person. You know what happened when Moses died? Joshua 1 verse 1, it literally says, and Moses died, and then he calls Joshua. You know what he did? Next. 
So before you get any, if there's any pride inside of you, like, man, look what I built. Just know God can go, next. Next. Hey, God's real quick about getting that out. Hey, because there's only one person who deserves glory, and he's going to make sure he gets it. And if anybody else, anybody else tries to steal it, he'll make sure he gets it back. So, yeah, I'm telling you, this is, this is huge here. And, and, and so watch, watch what Matthew 16. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 16. Yet again, you're like, well, what does this mean about experiencing power? How do I experience power? We're talking about foundations. Well, you, you, you fail to realize the, the, the power of what a foundation does because the deeper a foundation is, the higher you can go. You go to skyscrapers in New York, anywhere else, you, you go see how far they've got to dig down, how far they've got to be grounded, but the further they are down, the higher they can go up. The more that I'm in Christ, the more Christ can build me up. And this is what he says in Matthew 16, verse 13. So this was before the verse that we read earlier. Jesus looks at the, at the disciples and he looks specifically at Peter and he says, then he asked them, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Hey, this question that was asked over 2,000 years ago is the exact same question God's asking this morning to you. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because who you say Jesus is will determine your life. Who you say Jesus is will determine your life. And, and watch what Peter says. So he asked all of them, who do y'all say that I am? And they, they, you know, they said who other people thought they, that he was. And then Peter says this. <clears throat> Peter, go to the next verse. And so, so Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replies to him and says, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, so his name before this was what? Simon, Simon okay. And now we get a name change. It says, no, no, now, now you're not gonna be called Simon anymore. Now you're going to be called Peter. And upon this rock, I'm gonna build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Okay, watch this. This is kind of a cool thing. So if you go and you begin to unpack the, these words, Peter actually means tiny rock. You ever heard somebody say, he's a chip off the old block? You ever heard that? This is exactly what's happening right here. Because he says rock twice. One of it, he says Peter. And then the other one that he says, I'm going to build my church on this rock. This rock. Peter, Petros, literally means a pebble or a chip of a rock. And then the word rock actually means Petra, which is a large stone. Large stone. So look, think of this. Jesus is going, I'm calling you Peter. Chip off the old block. I'm the block. I'm the block. You the chip. Let's keep it straight. You ain't the block and I ain't the chip. You the chip. I'm the block. Hey, listen, and any time you get that confused and you think you're the block and Jesus is the chip, you're always going to struggle. Jesus has, from day one, been the 100% main thing that this church has been built on. 
it will continue to be what this church is going to be built on. Hey, I, I, for any that like to go and watch, watch movies, I just took my, my boys to go watch a Marvel movie two days ago. And uh, one of the things that we do is we wait, because if you know any Marvel movies, at the end, y'all know how this works? They have, they have the little like, trailer, small little you know, clip of, of kind of what's to come. And so what you have to do, though, is you have to sit through all of the credits and all of the people stares at you like, when are you going to get out of my theater so I can clean this thing? And you're going to be like, well, you're going to have to just wait. I paid my ticket. I'm sitting right here and watching all this stuff. Okay, watch this, though. When you look at the credits, okay, you and I will not be the main characters in the story. We're going to be at the very end, like right when the music's wrapping up and it's got that one little person and you can't even barely see it. That's going to be us at the end of this all. Jesus is the main character. We're just a little blip on the bottom of the line. But how many know you need the little blip at the bottom of the line to make the movie? So, so you need to understand you're not the leading actor. Your name is going to roll at the bottom of the credits. But the only one that we need to know is the main actor, and his name is Jesus. He is the reason we are gathered. He is the reason we're connected. He is the reason that we're here together. He's the reason you're sitting next to the people that you're sitting next to. He's the reason that we got a church that looks so different that you normally would not be with one another outside of this venue. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. If you need healing, you need Jesus. If you need deliverance, you need Jesus. If you need hope for your marriage, you need Jesus. If you need help with your kids, you need Jesus. If you need to know what your purpose in life is, you need Jesus. Jesus is all that we need. Jesus is all that we want. And Jesus is all we will proclaim from here until eternity because he's the only one that can meet the need that you actually have. This is it. Jesus is it. And when you understand that, here's the deal. When you understand that and you connect to his church, you get the power that he brings to you. Because Jesus is now the anchor of my soul. So I can go through storms now and not be terrified because I'm standing on a rock that's never been shaken. So bring the storms on. I don't like going through them, but hey, they're coming. I just want to make sure, though, that I am standing on firm ground when they come. So when you connect to the church, you experience God's power. Here we go, last one, is when you connect to God's church, it's because you need God's people. You need God's people. Verse 21 and 22 says, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are all being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Okay, here we go. Quick survey. Um, if you're online, participate with us. All in the room, participate with me. Okay, if this applies to you, I want you just to raise your hand. We're going to do a quick survey, and I want you, as you raise your hand, I want you to look around the room, okay? How many in here got saved before the age of 20? Shoot your hands up. Shoot your hands up. If you're online, you can shoot your hands up. Look around, look around. That's a, that's a good bit. Before the age of 20, okay, put your hands down. How many got saved between 20 and 30? Shoot your hands up. Yeah, look, there we go. Down, 30 to 40. Okay, put your hands down. 40 to 50. Good. 50 and above. Come on, awesome, let's go. I love it, I love it. Okay, all right. How many of you grew up in a Christian home? Raise your hand. You grew up in a, in a Christian home? Good bit. How many of you did not grow up in a Christian home? Look around. Yeah. Still a good bit. Still a good bit that's here. Okay. All right. How many of you, watch this. How many of you grew up in a Christian home, left the church, parted it up, and then realized your parents actually knew what they were talking about and went back to church? How many in here? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, how many of you, your parents are still married? Raise your hand. Parents are still married, or even if one of them deceased, that's, they're still married though. Okay. All right. Okay. How many of your parents are divorced? Raise your hand. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. All right. How many of you um, have a college education? Raise your hand. College education. Good. How many of you barely got through high school? You're just thankful. You just, I, how many in here are like, I didn't even do high school. I don't even care. Okay. All right. No shame in the game. All right. It's all good. All right. How many of you have a past that has drugs involved in it? Raise your hand. All right. Put your hands down. How many have a past that has alcohol involved in it? Raise your hand. Of course, we're in Louisiana. What did I think? All right. Okay. How many of you have been in prison? Raise your... No, I'm not. I'm just, we're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> we're not doing that. Okay, watch this. So, how many of you in here are white? Raise your hand. How many of you in here? How many here are black? I'm here in black. Come on, black, black. Got any Mexicans up in the house? One, okay, we got to work on that demographic, okay. Anybody that's not black, raise your hand. You're not, if you're not black, raise your hand. All right, shoot it. If, all right, if you, if you are, if you're not white at all, raise your hand. Okay, come on, yeah. Hey, represent, let's go. All right, watch this. Okay, watch this. Outside of Jesus and outside of his church, most of us probably would not be with one another. And I love this. And the reason I did all this was because I want you to see how incredibly amazing God is. He chose all of us differently. He called us all at different times. Some of us were good most of our lives. Some of us were hellions most of our lives. Some of us have a college degree. Some of us barely even got out of school. Some of us are white, some of us are black. Some of us are older, some of us are younger. Okay, watch this though. But we need all one another. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, you also, watch this. All right, I'm gonna show you something. You also, like, what? Living stones. I don't know about y'all, I've never seen a stone alive. Most of them are dead. So he's given us an analogy. He says, you're, you're like a living stone. But what do you do with stones? You stack stones. You build with stones. You use stones for purpose. And you are, you're, being, you're being built into a spiritual house. You're being built into a spirit to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Stones are not alive, but the rock that we stand on is alive and his spirit comes alive and every stone that we do. And so I want you to, now I want to take this analogy to the next level because when you get this, when you get this, you get this, right? All of this, all these that are here. All right, when I, when I get this, it looks, like, it looks like this, all right? Now I want you to hear me. This is why this is so important. 
All of these are gathered. Right? I got them, I got them all gathered. They're all together. We're all together. Right? Yes? Yes. Everything is gathered. All right? They're here. They're on the table. Only difference, though, is they're not assembled. Hey, we're here. We're gathered. My question is, though, are we assembled? Are we, are we, are we in our place? Doing our function? Look, you got one that looks like this, and you got one that, that looks like this. They look very different. Different color, different shape, different purpose. They're gathered, but it's amazing that when I connect to God's church and don't just show up, <laughs> then I become assembled. And hey, this is way more beautiful than this. Way more. This, this has got a purpose. And if I drop it, my son will kill me. So I'm gonna put it right back here. Hey, watch this though. Watch, 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 watch. So here's a piece of this. And I want you to get this. What I am a part of is bigger than the part that I play. What I'm a part of is bigger than the part that I play. Is this important? Yes. It has a place, but it's a part of something that's bigger than itself. We can be gathered in a place and everybody's here. But my question is, are we assembled to doing what God has called us to do so we can make the church look beautiful, look useful, look amazing of what he does? What I'm a part of is bigger than the part that I play. Don't just come to church. We've got to be the church. We need to be connected to his church because I get power, I get his plan, and I get God's people, and my life's never the, never the same. So I'm going to end with this, last, last verse. So Psalms 27 verse 4 says this, the one thing that I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That doesn't mean that you live at our Savior's church, okay? Please, go home. Um, what this means is my heart, my passions, and my desire is to be a part of God's house. Are we the church? Yes. Do we go to church? Yes. And when we go and when we are, it creates a beautiful masterpiece. We are a piece, but when we're connected to everything, it is a masterpiece. And the world right now is looking for a church that not just with people that will go to church, but people who will be the church as well. We'll talk more about this in the weeks to come, but I want to end with this last thought, and that is that the church, Jesus loves it, the world needs it, we're called to be it. Jesus loves it, the world needs it, we're called to be it. And the only way you can be it is when you are joined and connected to it, connected to it. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for your church. 
we thank you for, first and foremost, your grace. You have chosen us, you have called us, you have joined us, and God, we thank you that all of that is because of your incredible mercy and grace, that you have taken someone like me and you have put me into your family. The people in this room, God, we're not here just to run through motions and to sing songs and to just hear a great message. We are here to be gathered, to be encouraged, to be filled up, to be used, to be poured out, to be an encouragement to those around us. God, we pray for divine moments. We thank you, Lord, that when your church is assembled together, the spirit of God flows through it. As we read all throughout scripture, God, when your church was together, the spirit of God came down. And so I pray that even right now, God, spirit of God, you are welcome here in this place. I want you right there where you are, whether you're watching online or here in this room, I want you just to ask yourself this one question. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And I believe right now the Holy Spirit's gonna, gonna be speaking. Maybe for some of you, it's been, been isolation. And he's just encouraging you to, to get connected. Maybe for some of you, you've, you've devalued your gift. Man, I, they don't really need me. They, I, I don't have a place. You do. You have a place. You have a purpose. You are called. You are chosen. You are joined. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. If that's you, God wants to use you. God loves you. He's called you. If you're here in this room, the very first, foremost decision we make before ever joining his church is first and foremost joining ourselves to Jesus, making him the foundation of our lives. Maybe for some of you, Jesus has been, he's been an accessory, but he hasn't been the foundation. He hasn't been what you've been building your life on. And if, you're, if you would be honest, you would say, you know what, my life has been shaken and I've, I've come to realize my life has not been built on Jesus. The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus came, lived a life you and I couldn't live, died a death, took our sins, our shame, our guilt, everything that was separating us from God, and he bore that on himself on the cross. He died for it so that you and I could have a relationship with God. We could have an eternal purpose in heaven, but more than anything, that we could have an eternal purpose here on earth. And if you're here in this room and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, he is calling your name right now. He's calling your name right now, and you know it. Say, I want to respond to that. If that's you, on the count of three, he's calling you. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you, if he's calling your name, saying, that's me, that's me. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Would you just pray this? Come on, all, all of OSC family, let's pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life I couldn't live. You gave your life to pay for my sins, my shame, and my guilt. Thank you for taking that on yourself. Today, I repent of my sins, my selfishness, putting myself as Lord, and I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I turn to you. Thank you for giving me a new heart, new desires, and with a new hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, OSC family, celebrate today with those.